Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. The last couple weeks, we focused on, uh, I preached a couple little mini-series on the church in Antioch. I thought that would be kind of creative to look at Acts chapter 11 and uh, talk about that. So I encourage you to listen. Uh, the Lord really, I think, spoke some good things to us about really seeing God as He is, expecting to see the grace of God, wanting to be the kind of people that do see the grace of God. And so that's what, those are some things that we want to do. But also, one of the things we talked about from Acts chapter 11 is that that church was a life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church. And not even just that, but they were multi-ethnic, epicenter they were a multi-ethnic, epicenter, life-giving, multiplying, reproducing, Christ-manifesting church. Now, some of you guys realize that, that that's M-E-E-L-G-M-R-C-M-C. And I was told yesterday that some of our 20s are actually trying to learn how to say that with me. And so they, they said, maybe if we could say the word, like what those letters, it's, it's Milgemerkmik. Milgemerkmik. I don't know if that's going to help you memorize that or not. That's free. All right, let's keep moving, Jamie. So we're starting a new series today, Passion and Purpose. And over the next four weeks, we are going to be doing one message that builds on another. And if I was, doggone it, if I was as creative as Ben Moss, I would have had some boxes up here today. Because we're talking about passion and purpose in our personal lives. And then we're going to build on that passion and purpose in our life together as a church, passion and purpose in our city. We're going to be interviewing different people from the city, that, uh, from the church, that do different things in education and medicine and, and city government and these different things and, and, and uh, talk about what it's like to live on mission and on purpose with Jesus. And then finally, the fourth week of this series will actually be our Share Life Sunday, which is our mission Sunday. And Don Stedman, who is the international director for missions for Antioch down in Waco, will be up and speaking on that passion and purpose in the nations. So I challenge you guys, here's a, a dare, to be here all four weeks for this series, of, if at all you can do it. Open your Bibles, if you would, to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7. How many of you guys have that one memorized? Don't look. I think it's a great passage. It's a great... The, the reason I got a hold of this years ago, when I want to start talking about treasuring Jesus, I somewhere, I don't know, 20 years ago, came across this verse and I was like, wow, that's really, really good. It was one of Charles Spurgeon. He's this real famous preacher from the 1800s over in London. And this was one of his favorite passages to preach from. And just simply, the first part of the verse says, Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. To you who believe, this stone is precious. And what that says is that Jesus, the stone, is the chief cornerstone. He is the, he, uh, and, and to us who believe, he's precious. And so there's something happens in us when we go from being believers to believers that say that Jesus Christ is precious to us. He's the treasure of our lives. He's more important. In fact, well, uh, you know, for many years now, I've, when somebody's talking about their journey with the Lord, I'll say, when did Jesus Christ become your treasure? Because it cuts through a lot of stuff. 
It's, it's more than just, I drive you know, to work and there's a church building over there and so I kind of believe in Jesus. It's like, when did Jesus become first and foremost? The treasure in your life. You know, years ago, uh, I had a powerful encounter when I was a senior in college. When I was going through a bunch of those years, I, I just was away from the Lord. I didn't walk with the Lord. And, uh, and part of my story is that when I was younger, what I responded to, I was 12 years old, I responded to a message. This message was literally called, What is Hell Like? And it's like, I didn't want to do that. And so I came down and responded to the Lord and, and confessed Christ and was baptized. But I missed the, I missed the relationship part in that. I was, I was literally trying to avoid hell. I mean, I, it scared, it scared, it scared me. Uh, <laughs> BGBs. It scared the BGBs. We'll use that word. It scared me. And so I'm around church. But I'm not in this, I'm not in a life-giving relationship with Jesus. So I go to college and I stop kind of going to church altogether. In my senior year, I'm broken. I'm, I'm just addicted. I'm a mess. And I'm thinking about how to, how to kill myself. And with my eyes closed, Jesus suddenly appears before my closed eyes, smiling in a white robe and a gold sash. And he says, uh, well, he doesn't say anything. He's just smiling at me. And I said, Jesus, if that's you, you've got to save me because I am so lost. And I didn't talk about what happened back when I was 12. I just was like, I was a mess. I was at death's door. And that night I met Jesus Christ in a life-changing and powerful way. I mean, it really was powerful. And it was an encounter with Jesus. But, you know, my story isn't just that I met Jesus and I experienced love and forgiveness way back then. Life in Jesus is a series and just of ongoing encounters with the Lord. That's what He wants. He wants us to encounter Him in worship, in prayer, with brothers and sisters, in discipleship, in life groups, in all this journey on the mission together. And as we encounter Jesus, we are changed. And it really is uh, further in and higher up and it's up and to the right. And it's not always, it's, it's not always a straight line. Sometimes there's hard things that happen, but the trajectory of our life in Him, it's this awesome thing. God wants to move in our lives. He wants you this semester, this year, in your job, all the different places you find yourself to be encountering Him. And I'm even going to throw out there on a daily basis. Every single day, encounter with the, He lives in you. And he wants to live through you. So it's, it's a powerful thing. It'd be like, it'd be like going to a doctor, you know, and I, I go to the doctor and I, I go into the office and I say, man, I'm hurting. My head's messed up. I got my shoulder, the shoulder deal, my knee. It feels funny. I got a hip thing. I may have the flu. I, I got some stuff going on on the inside of my stomach. It's just kind of weird. And, and okay, I'll see you later. How weird would that be? To go, you got all this stuff wrong with you, and you just talk at the doctor the whole time and then leave. So what's going on here is when we have encounters with the Lord, He wants to respond to us. He wants to lead us. He wants to heal us and help us and encourage us. He wants to walk with us through the journey of life. And so it's, and I would even say up at the top of all that, He wants us to know His love. First and foremost, above everything, He wants to pull us right into His love relationship between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He wants us to know that love. 
So I'm going to just unpack this here for just a minute. God wants this for us. If you put John 15, 9 up, so turn in your Bibles. This section of John, I'm just going to read a couple of different verses from John 15, 16. It's just this section because it's the end of Jesus' life. He's saying the things that are the most important, and we need to get these things for us. John 15, 9, as the Father has loved me, so... How much does the Father love Jesus? Infinite, eternal, from forever, right? So as the Father has loved me, here we go, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. That is just, okay, so if you, if you would go to that next slide, just I, I, I put it up so that we could see this. Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us just like the Father loves Him. So that's the way Jesus loves Graydon. That's the way Jesus loves Jesse. All around this room, Tricia, Marcia. You know, Jesus loves us with the Father's love. Let's look at another one. John 17, 23. It's right in the middle of that unity prayer that Jesus is praying. And He says, May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me, here we go, and have loved them even as you have loved me. I mean, okay, do you understand what's going on there? Jesus is praying that the world would be brought to complete unity so that the world would see that the world we, that we are loved by the Father just like He loves Jesus. So the Father loves us just like He loves Jesus. <laughs> Come on. I didn't know that was going to get in the notes, but I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Next verse. 24. Father, I want those that you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory. The glory that you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. And here's what I want us to get. Jesus wants us to see his glory and His glory is the Father's love for Him. Connect. I mean, you can say a lot of things about the glory of God, but you can't say something less than this. That the glory of God is the Father's love for the Son from before creation. And this is what's going... You want to know what's going on with God before creation? Love. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, love. This is awesome good news for us. Because it lets us know that what God wants to bring us into is this nonstop, Niagara, never-ending baptism of His love that absolutely rocks our lives, changes our lives, and ultimately changes the world. Now, for my favorite verse in the Bible, or one of them, catch me on another day, but this is awesome. This, this verse changed my life. October 11th, 1993, I read this verse, however many times I'd read it before, but I read it that day, and there's a new emoji on the phone. <laughs> my mind was blown because I realized this was, my this was my new trajectory in life. I had already loved Jesus, but I didn't know that I was going to be loving Jesus with the Father's love for Jesus. So he says, Father, righteous Father, I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them. In order that the love that you have for me 
may be in them. Just if somebody would get that today, it would change your life. In order that the love that the Father has for the Son may be in us. And that I myself may be in them. I mean, that, that's kind of it. It's so much more than what we thought. I mean, I was on one track and then I got this and started realizing I'm, my destiny is to love Jesus with the Father's love. Now, if you can just say that for yourself, let's just say it softly. My destiny is to love Jesus with the Father's love. That's passion. That's what we're talking about. That's passion for Jesus. The Father's love from all eternity. And that's our trajectory. That's how we're, that's how we're called to love. That's what Jesus is praying for us. You can't outdo this. You can't overdo this. We're not going to be standing before Jesus one day and go, you know, I just, I went overboard on that love thing for you. I just really just, I overcooked that thing in my life. I needed some more balance. You're not, nobody's going to say that, right? Jesus, I made too much of you. I treasured you too much, right? Nobody's going to say that. It's, it's a trajectory of passion and love for him. And all through this section, John 14, 15, 16, 17, you know what else is in there? is obedience. It's, it's not just that we love, love God, that we love Jesus, that we receive His love, but that we respond to Him. You know, that's how we do the journey. So it's, it's passion and purpose. It's passion and purpose. We're unpacking our motto here when we talk about this. A passion, look at the flags outside. Those are, those look cool. I hadn't, you know, just saw those the other day. A passion for Jesus and His purposes in the earth. That's what we want to be about. So, you know, Jesus wants us to say, yes, Lord. When he says something, he wants us to respond. Appropriate response, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And that's what he modeled for us. John 14, verse 31. 14, 31. But the world must learn that I love the Father and that I do exactly what my Father has commanded me. So this is, this is huge. How many, if you want to follow Jesus, you got to know he's living his life totally dependent on his father. He's only doing what he sees the father doing. He's only saying what he hears the father saying. And this is what the, is prototypical. This is how God's calling us to live a life that's dependent upon God. So I do exactly what my father's commanded. John 14, 23. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love Him and we will come and make our home with Him. So there's that obedience thing. It's like we, we hear obedience and we go, oh, no. But this is like the best life. It's the best life is hearing what God wants us to do and doing it. I mean, for years, we went to, we, when we were tucking our kids in for bed at night, we would say our little mantra was, was uh, uh, follow Jesus and do what He says. And then we would kind of shout it, no matter what. Follow Jesus and do what he says, no matter what. I don't know what you guys do, shout when you get ready for bed with the kids, but that's a good one. Follow Jesus and do what he says, no matter what. Right? John 15, verse 9. Just right there, Jesus says, as the Father loved me, I've loved you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that your joy may, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So there is a connection between obedience and joy that God wants us to get. 
There's an there's a connection there. It's good. And he says, and here's the command: love each other. Love each other. I, that's and that's important for us because we go, oh, the commands, and we just kind of get under under that. And at the heart of it, it's love. I mean, just now, that's not always easy to do, but that's it. It's how we live our life out in all the different ways and contexts and things, but it's love. And here's the main thing I'm trying to say today. In one sentence, God wants our lives to be marked by a growing passion for Jesus and a growing grace to follow Him, to say, yes, Lord, right? Growing passion, growing up, and a growing grace to say yes. Growing love, growing obedience. Okay, so how we do this, the practical part, I've laid out some theology there for for what God's wanting to bring us into, but then there's this practical stuff of how do we do this? And I want to say it's cultivating a life. It's a lifestyle. What we're talking about is a lifestyle, a life of doing these things. It's the way we do life. First of all, a life of loving Jesus. If we start to get this idea in us that our trajectory is to have the Father's love for Jesus, nobody's there. Nobody's arrived. And so that means that every single person who can hear my voice, we're all, we all have a green light to go, there's more. There's more. There's more. We can keep pressing in because there's more. You're not done. You're not at the end of the journey. There's more. I feel like I'm starting to preach. I, help me, Lord. So... You know, we look at this and we go, oh man, it's so daunting. There's so much I need to do. I mean, I'm just really, the heart of this thing today is that it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with our personal, our personal lives and change can happen. We are talking about a value change here, but it can happen. And here's the change process. This is the way this thing works. Awareness. That's when you're, you're like kind of, you're floating along through life, whatever. And all of a sudden you go, wow. I need to spend time with Jesus. I need to spend time morning by morning with Jesus. Okay? So I've got some awareness. Well, I need some biblical conviction to back that up. That's going to help me ground myself. If I get aware of something I want to see happen, but then I want to ground myself in the Scriptures. I've given some, but we need Scriptures. We need to stand on the rock of what God said, what Jesus has said to us. I want you to have this kind of intimacy. You need to believe it and not just hear it from me. It needs to be something that you believe. So awareness, biblical conviction, lifestyle change. That's where we actually do something different, right? So we put something in our, our, our uh, calendar. We make an appointment to get up and spend time with Jesus or to abide in Him throughout the day, little reminders to abide in Him. That's the lifestyle change. We do something different. Awareness, biblical conviction, lifestyle change. And then there's accountability. <laughs> Anybody believe in accountability? It helps, man. I mean, you know, if you're trying to get up for the first time and you haven't been getting up early in the morning to spend time with Jesus, you know, it is... We laugh about, I do lots of training on this stuff, but weird things happen early in the morning. You need some accountability. You might need some help getting up if you haven't been doing it. And you need some, even just, hey, did you just go ahead and pray or did you get lost in the twilight zone? Because there really is a warp in the space-time continuum early in the morning. I just want everybody to know that because I, there's been times when I'd be putting on my shoe, I'd look at a spot on the wall and then... 
And then I would look over at the clock, 12 minutes had gone by. You know, 12 minutes that are gone forever. Nothing constructive happened. It wasn't even restful. It was just a stare, and, and that time's gone. It's a blip. The point is, we all need help. We need accountability. For me and Kim, that's us. We're in, getting in, agree, we're in agreement about, about when we're getting up and going to spend time with the Lord. So that's a big deal. And the last piece is no more excuses. No more excuses is, that's when you go, you know, that's, or when you, when you stop going, you know, I can't do that. You know, my parents, you know, we, we had a hard breakfast time growing up and it just, it wounded me. And, and so there's things that happened in my past. And I, I, so I can't get up and spend time with Jesus or, you know, I'm a night person and, you know, night people. I'm not a morning person because that's, you know, and, you know, did you know that if you went to the other side of the world, you would have to change your rhythms just a bit to be up when everybody else is being up. We all need a certain amount of sleep. And the no more excuses thing is to say, hey, it's possible. You can spend time with Jesus. So I'm already hitting this, but the morning time with God, it's like a big deal. It's, a, it's, a, it's really good. It's the most important piece of pastoral advice that I could give you. It's to wake up every single morning and spend time with Jesus. It's like it keeps us from from getting too far in a ditch, um, maybe somebody you need to repent to or something. It's hard to meet with the Lord and you got something holding against somebody and it's like, oh Lord. And it's like, yeah, I need to go apologize or I need to go make things right there. And that's a good thing, right? It's a good thing. So this for me, I just want to say this very emphatically and clearly, spending time with God in the morning, that's not legalism. It's, it's life. You know, it's not legalism because it's so life-giving to my soul. You know, I just, I've, I've come to believe that, like, my life is better changed. It's one of the, it makes me happy to spend time with God. But think about this. When you're morning, you're getting through your morning, and you have to go brush your teeth, and you do the thing, and you're in there, and you, you got it going, you know, you're working it, you go, you know, this is legal. This is legalism. I just feel like I'm in performance mode. I'm trying... I'm going to stop this all together. I need to be free. I'm going to stop brushing my teeth. We don't do that, do we? It's a very life-giving practice to brush our teeth in the morning. And it's, this is what I'm talking about. It's, it's Jesus is water. He's living water. He's the bread of life. It's how we live and move through life and grow up. We spend time with Him. We fellowship with Him. It's just... You know, and, and I've said this tons of times, my goal in every single day, my goal of life is to abide in Christ. That's my goal. You say, well, that doesn't have a lot of metrics to it. How do you measure that? Like, I don't know, but I read John 15, 5 a long time ago. And it says, remain in me, abide in me, and I will abide in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So I, I don't know what all my vision for life was, but I knew I didn't want it to add up to zero. And if the only way I can have something that matters, some fruit in my life, is going to be with Jesus and abiding in Him, man, I'm in. I want to abide in Him. It's a big deal. And, you know, you might say, wow, Jamie, it sounds like you're saying that we should be absolutely dependent on Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> right? I mean, that's about it. That, that's it. For to me, to live is Christ. 
I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I'm living in this body, the flesh, I'm living by faith in the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, our minds are not supposed to be set on earthly things, but on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, we get, it's like a whole new renewal kind of thing to get his mind and heart. Because you see, our life is hidden with Christ in God. And one day, Christ, who is our very life, is coming again. And when he appears, we will appear with him in glory. That's awesome. Well, so, man, I want that. We want that. And this love affects everything that we do. Every single thing. If I could just have a wish this morning, just a blessing, it would be that you would not be able to describe who you, who you are apart from Jesus Christ. Like you couldn't, like, hey, tell me what you're about. And you would have to say, Jesus gets into that. How many of you guys saw the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints game? It, it was bonkers. I, did, I didn't get to see it in real time. I'm watching it. I'd turn off everything so that I can see it and experience it. You know, and it just, it was incredible. The ending of that game and what I had recorded, it just, the New Orleans Saints, they had some last score and the recording runs out. For real. And I'm like, okay, well, there's like 10 seconds left. I get, way to go. And I checked my phone just to make sure. And the Minnesota Vikings won the game. I'm like, what in the world? I'm scrambling on YouTube trying to check it out. And I mean, there's 10 seconds, and they go 80 yards in 10 seconds, and the Vikings win the game. The guy runs in the end zone and throws his helmet in the air. It was just bonkers in bedlam. Do we have any Minnesota Vikings fans? There's a few, right? And uh, there was one loner Minnesota guy in first service. <laughs> He's like, I felt kind of alone this morning. But after the service, the quarterback, who's a devout follower of Jesus, his name's Case Keenum, and uh, he was interviewed. The, the interviewer was just, he was kind of bonkers too. And it just, he was so nervous. And he's like, oh, and he's asking weird questions. But this one was good. He goes, Case, this is just absolutely incredible. Is this just like one of the most wonderful moments in your entire, one of the best moments in your entire life? And Case goes, well, yeah, it, it is. It's number three. The first one was when I decided to follow Jesus and make him Lord of my life. The second one was when I married my wife and... I guess you're right. This is the third greatest day of my life. <laughs> That's all I'm saying is that he would sow the treasure of our lives. We couldn't describe who we are apart from talking about Jesus. If we tap into this, this is the great truth about God, that God loves us. It's the great, it's the great truth. The great lie is that God doesn't. And so when we're receiving his love, we're whole and, and healthy and on that trajectory. The fall of man in the garden, eating the tree of knowledge of good and evil, believing that lie about God, that's the great lie. That God's not. That He's got not loving. That He doesn't have our best in mind. And so when we cut off that flow of His love, then that cuts us off from being able to know that we're loved and being able to give that love out of the center being God in our lives. Does this make sense? And so I in myself do not have enough capacity to rightly judge other people. When I'm eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I put myself in the center and I'm judging other people. I'm better. I'm not as good. You know, I'm better over here. And I, anybody can do it. I'm, everybody's done it. You know, the mom's having trouble with her kids and they're going bonkers and, 
You know, we think, oh, she could maybe could you like reel them in and you pull that back. And we don't, we, the deal is, we don't know what happens, has happened in her life. We can't see her through the eyes of God. But God sees all of humanity in a way that would be, he'd be willing to say, send his son to die for us on the cross. That's the value that every human being on planet earth has. Every person you'll ever see, Every person that's ever been, that's how God feels about us. He loves us, you know, and so to get our hearts in line with him, it means we can't love and judge at the same time. When God isn't the sinner, then we go on a search to fill that emptiness. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? When he's not there, then we go on the search and it's just I'm going to choke doing that. But it's a, it's a, I'm trying to do a sucking sound because that's what we're trying to fill on the inside of our, that empty void of maybe you can make me feel good about myself or more secure or just all that broken stuff. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So if you could just help me here or, or get some things or have some experiences or all those kind of things we try to fill that emptiness with. It's absolutely huge that we receive God's love and stand under that never-ending Niagara of His love that He's expressed. Jesus, given us the Father's love. The Father, given us His love in the fullness of the Holy Spirit is how He tells us that that all gets worked out. What I'm talking about, I'm just scratching the surface here, but it just gets worked out in our lives in so many wonderful ways. I want to just... Uh, I'm, I'll finish this point with this. A few years, actually, it's been a number of years ago now, but uh, I, was, I was in some time with the Lord, and I just started a little, I was going, what would it be like to do kind of an ABC thing? And I said, Jesus, you're authentic and altogether wonderful. Jesus, you're uh, absolutely beautiful. Jesus, you're benevolent and beautiful and bold, and you're caring and compassionate. Jesus, you're dazzling, delightful, and daring. And about that time, I looked around behind me, and there was a thesaurus in my office, four inches thick. And on the front, it said a million word thesaurus. And I picked that thing up and I went to the ease in that. And I just opened up and I started this little practice of saying, Jesus, you are. And I just started going page by page for the next four and a half hours. I was going page by page through the thesaurus, worshiping my little heart out. Jesus, you are elegant, electrifying, elevated, eminent, energizing, engaging, engrossing, and enormous. There's many more E's. I'm not going to do them all. I'm going to just give you a taste. Jesus, you are fabulous, famous, fantastic, fascinating, fathomless, faultless, flawless, and fiery. There's more. Jesus, you are generous, gentle, genuine, gigantic, glad, global, good, gracious, grand, great, guileless, guiltless, and glorious. Jesus, you are happy, heavenly, high, heroic, historic, holy, honest, honorable, and huge. Jesus, you are immeasurable, immense, immortal, eminent, immaculate, imaginative, immovable, and immutable. You are indestructible, impassioned, impeccable, and imperial. There's many more I could go on. Jesus, y'all want me to go on? <laughs> so, Jesus, you're joyful, jealous, jubilant, judicial, and just. 
Jesus, you are kaleidoscopic, keen, kind, kingly, noble, and knowing. Jesus, you are large, lasting, laudable, lavish, leading in legitimate, lengthy, life, light, limitless. I'm going to move on. Jesus, you are magnanimous, magnetic, magnificent, majestic, and major. Jesus, you are necessary, near, and noble. Jesus, you are ominous, omnipotent, omniscient, om- uh, ongoing, open-hearted, and out there. That's one from Emily. She was a little girl when I did this. <laughs> Jesus, you are paramount, panoramic, passionate, paternal, patient, and peaceful. Jesus, you are qualified, quiet, and quintessential. Jesus, you are radiant, radical, rapturous, raver- ravishing, real, redemptive, and refreshing. Jesus, you are sacred, sacrificial, sanctified, safe, saving, savior, scintillating, sensational, and, and sensitive. You are separate, significant and sincere. Can keep going. Jesus, you are tangible, tenacious, and tender-hearted. Jesus, you are ultimate, unavoidable, unbiased, unbounded, uncanny, unchangeable, uncommon, and unconditional. Jesus, you are valiant, valid, valuable, vast, venerable, versatile, vibrant, vigilant, vigorous, virtuous. Can keep going. Jesus, you are watchful, warm, and woe. Another Emily one. She, you, well, he is, right? You're, whoa. You're wealthy, weighty, welcoming, wide, wise, wonderful, wooing, and worthy. Some of you guys are wondering what's happening next. Jesus, you are xylophonic. You are excellent and extreme. You are Yahweh, Yeshua, yonder, yearning. And Jesus, you are zealous. So... The point there, amen, the point there is to say that, you know, when we start having a lifestyle that's lo- that loves Jesus, then everything starts changing. We start wanting to order life around Him, and we start wanting to follow Him, which is the second piece, and I'll just, I'll do this in a couple of minutes. And that is, a lifestyle of following Jesus is to do the next thing that He says to do. We experience resistance in this, but the Lord wants us to push through that. You know, it's like once we get a vision, that's desire. But we have to walk through some d- discipline then to experience the delight of what's on the other side. So if you want to start spending time, you get a vision for how your life's going to be better because you're spending time with Jesus, that's a desire. But you walk through the discipline of ordering your life that way so that you can experience the delight of it. It's a good thing. You know, um, uh, Uh, One of the things that's so important about spending time with God is that we learn to hear Him. And I've used this, uh, if you could flash that picture up, how many of you guys ever heard of experiencing God? So a number of years ago, it was a real popular way of, uh, it was written by a Baptist guy, and my dad and the Lord always thought it was interesting that a Baptist guy had the best teaching on hearing the voice of God out there just in the world, you know, which is awesome. But uh, basically, it goes like this. God wants a relationship with us. He wants us to join Him. He's always inviting us. He's working all the time. He's always doing stuff. In our world, God is always doing stuff. He wants a relationship with us, and so He invites us to join Him. He speaks to us, and then, you know, it might be like, go to that person or do something. I mean, usually it leads to a little bit of a crisis of faith where we have to say, am I going to do this? Some of the big ones for me, 
were planting this church originally, it was a crisis of belief. Or moving the church from Grapevine down to Fort Worth back in 2002. It was a crisis of belief. Because what has to happen on the other side of the crisis is that you usually have to adjust your life. Make some adjustments. But in the process of that, as we obey, we experience God. That's how we experience God. That's how that process happens. God's inviting us into what He's doing. He's speaking. That leads to faith, a faith step on our part. And... Uh, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a process. And practically, it's, it's practice. Nobody does this perfect. I, I don't do it perfect. But I, you know, in my journal, I'm writing the L's every, every morning, you know, trying to do that and go, Lord, what's the next step in my relationship with you? Lord, what's the next step in the development of my character? What's the next step in my family or in ministry or in life? Or I've got these meetings today. Lord, what's the next step? And you know what? All authority has been given to Jesus but the way Jesus expresses that authority is through people. Through people just like, like you. And so he wants us going, Lord, what, what do you want us to do? We bow our knee to you. Lord, have your way in me today and in this meeting. So that I'm not just going in there with the greatest hits of Jamie, but I've got some little piece of a, a scripture or some hope for them. You know, something to help people. And that's how we want to, that's the way we want to live. That's one of the ways the kingdom of God gets expressed. And I'll finish with this. God, God wants to change the world. He wants everything under His reign. And the way that happens is through me and through you and through individuals. Now, we're going to say more about that next week, but it starts in our personal lives, right? Passion and purpose in our personal lives. I came across this quote from a, a monk in the Middle Ages and he said, when I was young, I wanted to change the world, but it was difficult, and so I tried to change my nation. But I found that difficult, and so I just tried to change my town. But I found that difficult, and as I'm getting older, I just tried to change my family. And now as an old man, I, you know, I found all this stuff difficult, so I'm just trying to change myself. But I'm realizing that if I would have changed myself, I could have had this impact on my family. And my family and I together could have had an impact on our town. And my family and our town together could have had an impact on our nation. And my family, town, and, and our nation could have had an impact on the world. You want to change the world? A passion for Jesus and His purposes in the earth that starts in your life and in my life. And we want to jump in, right? Let's do it. Y'all stand up. Amen. Okay, so uh, just going to take just a couple of minutes here, five minutes maybe, just respond to the Lord. So the ministry team, worship team could come on up. It'd be awesome. And so here's the thing. Today, we've talked about passion and purpose in our personal lives. And so I just I'd want to invite you to get prayer. Front will, will probably fill up, but if you want to grow, you want more passion for Jesus in your life, and you want more of His purpose in your life, then that's the call. Come and get prayer. Let's press into God on this in the name of Jesus. Father, would You meet us? Would You shape us and change us? And Lord, would You put Your, your fire, would You just absolutely touch our hearts, our thinking, our lives, our desires, Shape us 
with right kinds of discipline, that we could know the delight, Lord, of walking with you and in your purpose in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey, you guys, you want to press in? You want more passion, more purpose? Come and get prayer. That's simple. Amen. Go for it. Be bold. Thank you, Lord. We're hungry for you, God. We want more of you, more of your life, more of your purpose in our lives. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord.